How's everyone going, church? Come on. It's all right. You, you can talk to me. It's okay. I noticed that nobody's taken my challenge and uh, used the front row, but maybe from the next week, somebody will come on. Someone's got to do that for us. Uh, so I just want to share where we're going to be the next couple of weeks and, um, and what we're going to be doing uh, while, the, while the boss is away. Uh, a, f- a few months ago, I don't know if you remember this, but, I, but um, about, it was actually about four months ago, I preached a sermon that was just a one-off, just to f- sort of fill in a week, and it was about complaining and about how um, I, I'm convinced that the, that the people of Israel, in, in, their, in their journey out of captivity into the promised land that God had promised them, can teach us a lot about their attitude, and particularly our attitude, and the stuff that, stuff that we get wrong and that they got, clearly got wrong. Um, and I think that's, a, that, that's, that's useful for us as we transition from, from our slavery into sin into our promised land in heaven um, with, with Jesus. Uh, we will, over the course of our lives, just like that, uh, that little video there, have little intersections where we have a choice to make. And, and the choice will be we either trust God and believe that he's with us and that he knows what he's doing, or we get stuck in somewhere that he doesn't want us to get stuck in. And we're going to have them day in, day out, for the, just, just for the rest of our lives, I think. And... Uh, I talked last week about, last time, four months ago, I know, I know, about complaining, and it turns into this little cycle that just goes around and around, and before you know it, it just becomes a lifestyle. And then every complaint we have and everything we, everything we go, go on sort of has this way of getting directed at God. Do you, do you know what I mean? And um, so that, that's not where we, a place we want to get stuck at. Um, today, I want to continue and see what happens next. I, want, I just want to go on this, on this little journey for a couple of weeks in Exodus and see what happens next. And today is really about how these people deal with change and uncertainty. And it must be overwhelming. It must be hard. But this is, what they've got to, this is, this is the challenge they've got to do. Uh, next week, uh, like Nathan said, uh, David Collins will be here. Next week's our Mission Sunday. And just to let you know... Um, if you're new and you're just trying to figure out who, the, who, these, who these missionaries are, next week will be, uh, there'll be like a video from each of our missionaries explaining what they do and how the church supports them and just, you know, just, just that sort of thing. We want, we want to encourage you to come along. Uh, and also, like, um, like Nathan said, uh, the, the challenge before us is to give sacrificially about, about the equivalent of a day's wage towards missions. And just to let you know that as a church, this probably fits about half of our half of our missions budget comes from this weekend so it's a big deal okay so we want to encourage you to come along and be part of that next weekend it's going to be fun and uh, the week after when uh, Nathan should be back um, I'm going to finish this little series essentially getting on to to how God provides how God provides for these people and what and what he gives to them and I think, I think essentially it gets, to, it gets to a question of contentment. Now, I don't, I, I don't know about you, maybe I'm on, I'm on the completely wrong angle here, but I think in our world today, there's a lot to be said about our attitude, about our complaints, about how we deal with change and uncertainty and how we find contentment in the middle of all that. You see where all that makes sense? I hope it makes sense. It makes sense in my head, um, and that's probably the, <laughs> that's probably the problem. Uh, so uh, that, that's, where, that's where we'll be. 
So Exodus 15, just to let you know, is, is the big celebration and worship service because God's just done the unthinkable. He's, he's part of the Red Sea. The people haven't even got their feet wet and they're free. That, that nation that has um, enslaved them is destroyed, absolutely dismantled. But we know that within three days, the complaining starts and the cycle begins, right? Today, we're a, we're a month further on into the desert. And not much has changed. Things have, just got, things have just got worse, okay? And it seems like, on some level, like God's got it in for them. Like God's dragged them out of slavery, but he's got it in for them. That's, that's the way they're thinking. So this is the beginning of um, Exodus 16. It says, The whole community of Israel set out for Elim and from Elim, and journeyed into the wilderness of sin. Now, that's not a wilderness of sin. That's just a, a, a short version of Sinai, but we'll, we'll explain that in a second. Between them and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Listen, listen to this. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. I love that word, moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all this bread we wanted, but now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. Notice how their complainings now turn full circle. So back in, uh, back in late uh, August, as things started to warm up in our backyard, we, ha- we had a visitor. And uh, a photo of that visitor will probably appear on the on the back, uh, up on the screen there. I was in the middle of, uh, of trying to repair some grass that our guinea pigs had destroyed. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't mind that this, we, we had this visitor. You know, it was, he, was, he was okay. He just came and redistributed some of my backyard for me and I put it back and we just had this little sort of on and off thing happening there for a little while. Um, essentially, I decided that I knew best. It was my, it was my house, so I decided I, I, I should know better. I should know what to do here rather than you. So I... I just decided to stick a couple of big branches on top of his mound one day just to see what happened. Um, I didn't know, but I would have a war in my hands very shortly because the bush turkey turned, turned vindictive, essentially, and um, he, he decided that, um, to, to start digging up some, some of my newly watered grass and dirt. So, so it was war, right? It, it started. Um, so... Things escalated from there, I think, as you can, as you can imagine. Um, I bought the tarp out and covered his man and just said, here, try that one for size. Um, a friend of mine bought me a couple of big sort of like wire uh, pieces of sheeting and we sort of like, you know, like, um, sort of like you know, fencing sheeting, I guess, and we sort of put that, put that down over the grass to let, it, to let it grow so he couldn't scratch it. And uh, my friend also, almost also bought me his, uh, his slingshot. Uh, I, I am happy to report that the... Uh, the bush turkey problem has been solved in our backyard, and I will let you speculate as to how that might have occurred. Um, but I guess, I guess what started out as a bit of fun turned into a war. Like this, this whole thing, um, it, was, it was okay at the start, but, it, but then it turned bad. And I guess I just wanted the old days. I just wanted the peace and tranquility in my backyard back. I didn't think that was too much to ask. I'm pretty sure many of you guys have that, have that backyard place where you sort of, you know, I just, I just want this to, to feel like it's mine. And 
because, because surely, surely God owes me a good backyard. Surely, surely God owes me a good and safe and easy life, right? And I, I wonder if it's the same mindset for the, for the people of Israel as, as they, you know, we, we thought this freedom thing would, would be pretty good. We thought this freedom thing would actually work out to, to our benefit and it's ended up turning bad on us. This, this is not how God should, should work. And I think this is, this is the issue. Here's the issue of the whole thing. The key issue is where are the people looking when they try to make sense of what's happening in their world? Because I think, I think when, when faced with all this change and all this uncertainty in their lives, they've got, they've got an option. They can either look to the God who, who bought them freedom in the first place. They can look to the God who has brought them this far by his grace. They can look to the God who has provided everything, even though it hasn't been perfect in their minds up until today, and has promised to provide for them tomorrow, or they can get stuck here thinking that all I can see is the challenge in front of me. Okay? And I guess, I guess the, the thinking today is, is when God seems distant and life doesn't make sense, where do we look? And where do these people look when, when all this stuff's going on? The first place they look is backwards. Verse 3 says... If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. We sat around with pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted to. You can understand the, the mindset, can't you? Now, here's, here's the thing. The event they probably remember with some fire and a bit, and a bit of food has probably been blown out of proportion. It never actually happened this way. It's just that moment that a few of them remember and it was like all of a sudden it's become the, the memory that just yeah, is the thing we can't shake. It's, the, it's, that, it's that moment where everything made, made sense but it's not realistic and it's not accurate. Um, it's probably like that guy, that, that fisherman who comes home and says, I caught this fish and I just missed it and he was this long somewhere in, somewhere in that spot, you know, right? They, they had this idealistic version of how life should be and things just aren't making sense for them. And it's probably a moment, I think, where a small group of, group of people remember something and now it's, over all this time, it's reached this legendary status that they recall and they want to, they want to just go back to the way it was. Um, here's, here's the problem. The problem with trying to spend all our time in the past is what happens is we remember the one solitary moment that life made sense and we forget the 400 years of slavery. I, one of the questions I get asked quite commonly is do I like um, being a pastor and do I miss the police force? And the answer is yeah, absolutely. I do miss it because there were some days there where you made a difference and some days where, where everything worked. But what you, do, what you, don't, what you forget is the other days where you wish you'd never gone to work. You, you selectively omit all the things that made sense and you're like, oh, I just wish I could go back on some level. And that's not, that's not good. That is, that is not um, wise. We convince ourselves that the past is where we, where we should be and we never move on with God to here, today. We never actually get anywhere and we just get stuck. Now, we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? 
We're in the middle of a situation where there is significant change in the world and we either um, want to go back to the way things were or we try to see what God's trying to do today. That <laughs> Some of you are hanging out for the day where you can do hugs and handshakes and stuff, right? And some of you are like, please God, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so, some of you... The, I guess the danger with looking back in nostalgia and, and thinking, about, thinking about ourselves and, and, all, and all of what's going on now is we tend to ignore the God who provided for us then, the God who provided for us today and the God who promised to provide for us tomorrow. And can I just make a point? Like, look, looking back is not always bad, right? Look, looking back actually makes a lot of sense sometimes. If you look back um, to, to maybe understand yourself better and your background and your emotional, all that sort of thing, that probably makes sense. If you're looking back to, to understand history and, and our world and just, and just to get a better concept, that, that's good as well. If you look back um, to, to, to remember what God has done, it will inevitably lead you to a place of worship, won't it? Because you look back in gratitude at what God did and go, God's been here the whole time. But if you look back with, a, with the sinful attitude, which is, which is the world exists, exists to serve me, what you will find is that you, you know, it's very easy to get wrapped up in a place of discontent and church that is exactly where Satan wants you. That is exactly where he wants you to get stuck. And I, and I just, I'm just struck by this idea that the people are turned, attempted to turn back to find something for today and God invites them just to look up. God just invites them to look up. And all of a sudden, when you look up, you realise that God provided for them yesterday God is here today and that provides hope for tomorrow things make sense when you look up second thing we get stuck in the uncertainty right we get stuck in the uncertainty I, I, we must understand how, how difficult it must be for these people to transition from a way of living that has lasted 400 years where they've never had a day off and all of, a sudden all, all of a sudden, they're free. Now, that, that, that 400 years of slavery must be terrible, but it, does, but it does provide a normal. It does provide a sense of stability, and this is what my life sort of, sort of, sort of is. Transition now, a month later, they're now essentially nomads. Today, when God says move, we move. In two days later or two months later, when God says stop, we stop. Can you imagine how annoying that must be? It, drive, it would drive me nuts. It would drive me absolutely crazy. Imagine the conversations around the, around the dinner table. I wonder if the next place will have a school for the kids. I wonder if the, wonder if the next place will have room for the goats and the, and the, the bush turkey and the, the, the pets and everything else. I wonder if in the next place we go to, whether there'll actually be income which I can support my family with. I, I wonder if... Tomorrow, God knows what he's doing, essentially, is the question. Um, if I can go back to my bush turkey story for a moment. Um, when, when I was having that fight with the bush turkey one morning, there was, a, there was a day I remember where, and we're just going to have a little bit of fun with this, so it's, it's okay, right? Um, 
there, there was a day I remember where essentially I, I chased the bush turkey out of my backyard twice in the morning. I then drove the kids to school. And as we dropped the kids off at school, there's a bush turkey at the school. And I'm like... <laughs> and then I drove to work and, you know, and there's a bush... Tur- I opened the, bush, the blinds in my, in my office and there was a bush turkey digging in... The only thing I can see is that blasted bush... <laughs> now, I know we can have some fun with this, but isn't it, isn't it always the case when you're in the middle of that problem... That problem is the only thing you can see. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't doesn't matter where you live or what the situation is. That problem that God hasn't resolved for you is the problem that you can see everywhere and it's disconcerting when God doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. It's frustrating. And the waiting... And the uncertainty never seem to never seem to end, and it surrounds you. And the temptation on a human level is just to escape, just just to get out and get away, and just make that problem go away. Now that's 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 okay, and it's completely understandable, and it's how my mind works too. Or. It can be the moment where we turn our eyes back to where they should have been the whole time. This is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. Notice that, notice that God is ever present. And this is the moment that he decides to, to speak. And he says in verse 4, Look. I wonder if there's something in that. Just that word, look. I understand, kids. I understand. It'll, it'll be all right. Look. I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much as they want for that day. Notice, notice that in those three words, I think, and I'm not going to read the rest of that, of that verse, the, in periods of change and uncertainty, what's God trying to do? God is trying to teach us reliance. And it's hard and I don't like it, but that's exactly what he's trying to do. And I guess the question is, why? The question is, like, why in, in times of uncertainty doesn't God just find a solution and fix it straight away and make life easy for us? And the answer is, God sees the bigger picture. If you look at the bigger picture of, of Exodus... The next chapter after all this stuff happens, they walk into a war zone and they don't know how to fight. After that, they walk into another obstacle that they don't know how to fix. After that, they walk into another problem they they don't know how to solve. And here's the thing. If they don't learn to trust God today, they'll never accomplish anything for him tomorrow. Church, if we don't learn to trust God in the moment right now, We'll never get anywhere tomorrow. And probably we'll find ourselves in a position where we wish we'd actually learnt that trust back there. And I reckon that's the challenge. I reckon that's the, that's the, that's the moment because God sees the bigger picture. He knows the battles that, that yet come in our way. I reckon, the, I reckon the tragedy of this story, in just, in just in the bigger picture of, of things, is that essentially... A journey that should take two months maximum t- 
takes over 40 years and most of the people never make it. And I think it's because they're so focused on surviving and so focused on this problem that they can't see God in the middle of it. They can't see what God is trying to do and what he's trying to prepare them for. And that's as hard for me to take as it, as it probably is for you to hear as well. They, they miss the fact that God's got bigger plans and God uses change and uncertainty essentially as an invitation for us to keep our eyes focused on him. I want to read a quote that really changed my perspective on this. Um, and it now is on my whiteboard in the, in the office and it'll probably stay there for a while. God shows us he cares by not just giving us what we want, but he uses what we want to teach us to want him more. I don't like that one. (laughs) That one challenged me. God shows us he cares by not giving us what we want, but using what we want to teach us to want him more. I reckon the key for God's people in this moment where they find themselves and the key maybe even for us today in the middle of change and uncertainty, when we could spend our time looking back or we could spend our time worrying about today, the challenge is to spend our time as an invitation to pursue God further. Today. Now. Not tomorrow. Not putting it off. Jump in today and start. That's what I think the people get wrong. I think it's one of those lessons that we need to learn as, as well. That there is only certainty and God is the one who provides it. He's the only one who can provide the certainty you're after. I'm just going to finish with a couple of words from Philippians uh, 4. And I'll start here in two weeks' time when I talk about contentment. But I just want, I just want you to notice... Put, remember our friend Paul... He's sitting in a prison cell. He's sitting in a prison cell surrounded by uncertainty, surrounded by a world of change, surrounded by the fact that all of a sudden he can't, he can't go out and do stuff for God like he used to. He can't go and live the way that, way that he thought he would. And yet this is what he says. Now, I want you to take notice that the key to, the, the key to this whole thing, the key to this question is where is he looking Just notice this. I have learnt how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live with almost nothing or with everything. I have learnt the secret of living in every situation with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He has his eyes fixed on Jesus. And it changes everything about his, how he sees his present. I just think that as we face the intersections today in our life, those, those little moments where we choose to trust that God's in it or that, he's, or, that he's, or that he's forgotten us, the invitation for us is simply this, church. Stop. Slow down. Centre our thoughts on him. Knowing that in our God's hands, our past is gone, our today is okay, and our tomorrow is secure as it gets. 
And the most important thing in today is that we learn to trust the God who has tomorrow sorted as well. Let me pray for you, eh? God, um, I just want to pray, God, for the, God, for the people today. Um, God, maybe, God, maybe even for all of us. Like we, we, we essentially are in a, are in a time of, of change. We're in a time of uncertainty. We're, we're in that place where it'd be easy to think you've got it in for us. It'd be easy to think that, that just everything's gone wrong and we don't know what you're trying to do. And God, maybe the, maybe the answer right mo- this moment is that we look to you. We've been singing about it all morning. God, I look to you. I will love you. And God, that's, that's the place where we want to start this morning as a church. We want, we want to just come to that place and acknowledge, God, that in the middle of all the stuff that's going on in our life, that you're there, that you care, that you understand, and that we can bring our feelings and struggles and uncertainties to you. And all of a sudden, when we find you there, it doesn't feel so big. It doesn't feel so big. We thank you, God, that you are a God who is just as good in the past and is just as good today as you, just as good you'll be tomorrow. And God, we, want, we just want to take this little moment just to, just to fix our eyes back on you where they needed to be the whole time. Amen.